U.S. banks stopped $9 out of every $10 of attempted deposit account fraud in 2012. That's $13 billion in fraudulent transactions altogether. This, according to the 2013 American Bankers Association Deposit Account Fraud Survey Report. So, what are financial institutions doing right, and where do they need to improve fraud detection and prevention in 2014? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. It's my pleasure to be speaking today with Doug Johnson, the American Bankers Association Vice President of Risk Management Policy, and Jane Yao, the ABA's Senior Vice President of Benchmarking and Surveys. Doug and Jane, thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. Thank you. Jane, if I could start with you, please. What's the key takeaway from this new report for your member banking institutions? Well, definitely the survey results show that there are significant fraud attempts against deposit accounts, and banks of all sizes are potential targets. The other thing the survey results show was that banks have been successful in keeping up or even staying ahead of the fraudsters. That's good news.、Uh, the survey results suggest that even if a Bank is not experiencing any fraud right now. You need to be informed of the latest trends and implement strategies against it because your bank could be the next target. I think that we've been doing this survey for for quite a few years, so we we do have some time series associated with the, the losses and the recoveries that institutions have, have had. And one of the things I think that's important with this particular study is that. And, and Jane can confirm this. We went through and, and really got data on a variety of different types of channel fraud, and I think that what we've seen is that, as you mentioned, that the nine dollars which we recovered or, or prevented for every dollar that we lost, that's a number that's been fairly consistent over the, the last three or so years. Even though we broadened the survey to include. Uh, arguably, different types of more sophisticated frauds, and I'd like Jane to comment a little bit on that because I think that that's one thing that I really took away from the report. Well, Doug, I'd love to hear more from Jane on this. And Jane, I wonder if at the same time you might give us some background on the survey, please, how it was conducted, and sort of how it compares to previous research that you've done. Absolutely, this year's survey was conducted between March and July of 2013. We used a、uh, word form for the survey. The survey was very lengthy, with over 100 questions, with very detailed、uh, information about the different channels. And as Doug said, this is actually our 10th edition of the、uh, biannual survey. We do this every other year. This year, we definitely expanded the electronic channels, including RDC, mobile, you know, online banking, and the focus started shifting from check fraud when we first started to the internet-based channels. We have in total 145 banks participating in the survey. The respondents are from all size institutions and across the country.、Uh, total assets represented by these 145 banks、uh, was a little bit over six trillion. Because of the different sizes, experience different type of fraud, and they have you know resource issues and that are different. So we presented the results by bank exercise. As in the past, ABA always tried to. Develop industry estimates for total fraud against、um, bank accounts. You know, it could be checks, debit card, and so forth. We did that again this year. We used the survey data. As you know, ABA also 
conduct various benchmarking groups and collect the data throughout the year. So we look at all the data, all the information we gathered to produce these estimates. And this is really the first time we are estimating for total fraud against department accounts. We have done estimates for check fraud and have done estimates for debit card individually in the past. But increasingly, we're seeing cross-channel fraud. So understanding the total fraud against deposit account is very important. So, Jane, what do you find to be the most common forms of fraud that are striking banks now? There are two types of fraudulent activities. Uh, one type is information gathering. Actually, that's very significant and can do uh, great harm further down the road. For that, we are seeing increased skimming activities, fishing activities, and some of the fishing or trying to gather account information are being done through the phone channel, which is posing challenges because you're dealing with customer service issue at the same time, the fraudsters are trying to get that last piece of information from the representative. That kind of information gathering will lead to account takeovers, and we're seeing account takeovers not only in the commercial business side, but also personal account takeovers. In terms of the actual fraudulent transactions, we're seeing counterfeit check cards, counterfeit checks, and then unauthorized ACH transactions, unauthorized wire transactions. And on the wire side, we are seeing increased use of fax or branch locations, which pose more challenge than the online channel, because a lot of times wire initiate online are through known customers and authorized individuals using that. We do still have the risk of account takeover. Well, my follow-up to that, those are the most common forms of fraud. Where are banks seeing their greatest fraud losses? Do you see a, a one-to-one match there? It's a pretty close match. Debit card, it's, it's uh, largest proportion, more than 50%, followed by check fraud, and then electronic transactions. So even though there's a lot of attempts online, but the actual law is very low at this point. I think one thing I want to say is that check fraud, uh, we know check transactions, uh, number of transactions have been coming down, but check fraud remains a fairly large share of fraud against deposit accounts. Well, Doug, I'd like to bring you back into the conversation here. Based on what you've seen of the survey, what are banks doing right in terms of detecting and preventing fraud? Well, well Tom, I think uh, in addition to the survey, uh, James Group has, has done some, some additional work as, as well, both for the uh, FSISAC in terms of trying to measure corporate account takeover, uh, as well as uh, a recent survey of, of our community bankers' council uh, the CEOs in the Community Bankers Council wanted us to and requested that we survey their information security professionals to, to really see what keeps them up at night and what they're doing right, like you like you say. And I think one of the things which we we really see is that those individuals really do recognize the seriousness of the threat and recognize that the threats are going to continue into 2014. No one thinks that they're going to decline. So I think that armed with that sensitivity toward the seriousness of the issue and the fact that the CEOs as well are sensitized to, to that fact, I think we really have a, a great opportunity to have additional resources even over and above what we have now dedicated toward uh, detection and prevention. You know, banks recognize also that some of these attacks 
end up being blended. For instance, there may be a denial of service attack, which is used as a diversion away from maybe a compromise of corporate or, or other account holders at the same time, with the hope that the bank will be concentrating on denial of service as opposed to concentrating on the compromise. Banks recognize that and, and they look for it. And so I think that they're doing that right in terms of, of really understanding how the threat is morphing over time. That's not just a regulatory responsibility. It's, it's frankly a business imperative because if, if we don't, as, as bankers, continually understand how that threat is changing over time and becoming potentially more sophisticated or moving in a different direction, we're unable to, to protect our, our customers. And if we can't protect our customers, we lose customer trust. So that's, I think, one thing that we're doing increasingly well. And I think we do have an opportunity over time because we have the eyeballs of the CEOs right now to, to really justify the resources and make the business case for uh, additional resources to protect accounts. Doug, flip side of the question, where do banks have the best opportunity to improve what they're doing to prevent and detect fraud? A couple things. I think banks recognize that they increasingly need to have the latest threat data, and many of them have indicated to us that that's always a challenge. Um, but I think, secondly, many banks are looking at how they can improve mobile banking security because they recognize that 2014 could very well be the year of mobile banking. You know, we could see a substantial uptick in the utilization of tablets and phones for banking applications in the next year, bankers recognize that, that they need to, to have the proper levels of security in place in order to protect that very important channel as their customers migrate to it. And so I think that's going to be a, a big imperative. If I may comment on the uh, question regarding what banks did right, we do see the use of technology has helped banks significantly. Increasingly, the best practice is to really do link analysis, have shared information of uh, recent fraudulent activities, and that is shared among all the different product lines and different channels, because a lot of times the same process would target different products. In the siloed world, the deposit side might have no idea the same individual has already hit the loan side. But in the new model, all that information is sitting in one repository that every business line, risk managers will have access. So one alert is going to reach everybody. Now we can be on the lookout of any similar activities from the same same, uh, telephone number or voice recording of the fraudsters keep on calling the call centers, trying to get that last piece of information. And all that information may be shared to help early detection of any attempts and fraudulent activities. Uh, anomaly this detection is another thing that I think really yielded good results, because knowing your customer's pattern would help you detect any out-of-norm activities. And for you know large volume of transactions, Technology-based solution is very, very important because that will help detect these out-of-norm transactions. So I think that these are the kind of uh, new strategies banks implemented and have been very successful in the past couple of years 
in detecting, and that may help improve the loss avoidance versus the actual losses, even though the attempts is, you know, have obviously become very significant also, you know, hitting different channels. One of the things we also see that banks do increasingly well is communicate across banks and collaborate because clearly security is something which is not competitive. Uh, we have to operate as a community in order to just stop a lot of these frauds. Jane mm-hmm. facilitates a, a lot of conversations across banks to really help mitigate those frauds. And, of course, the FSI Act does the same from the standpoint of, of making sure that the entire financial community has a good understanding of what the threats are. From the anomaly detection standpoint, we've actually recognized that there's a potential gap in our current complement of security products, which we endorse at ABA, and anomaly detection is one of those things which we're currently evaluating in terms of, of attempting to, uh, to provide better customer protections. Well, that's great insight from both of you on what, the, on what the banks are doing. But, Doug, especially since you mentioned mobility and more is in the hands of the customers, I've got to ask you, what's the customer's increased role now in fraud prevention? Tom, the customer has a, an absolute vital role in, in terms of fraud prevention. The, the, the environment really cannot be protected without the customer really understanding that role and taking that responsibility seriously. And so I think that to the extent that, for instance, the customer has the capacity to voluntarily put certain softwares on their machines, which make attempts to uh, to really catch some of the anomalies, I think that's a, a vital piece. The customer also needs to recognize that, that they have a substantial role in, in monitoring their account activity because, as Jane indicated, these attacks create compromises and create transactions much more swiftly than they have in the past. And it's really going to be the customer a lot of times that, that is going to uh, have the best understanding whether or not a particular transaction is really one that they requested or not. And so I think out-of-band authentication, which goes to other devices, which confirms account uh, activity, um, consistent monitoring of, of accounts, uh, using the Internet as a tool to, to be able to monitor accounts on a very much of an ongoing basis. Practicing proper computer hygiene is obviously something that customers always have to do. And recognize that if you're in a, a corporate environment, it, it's, it may be advisable because you should have even additional levels of security uh, to maybe have standalone computers that, that perform those those types of functions um, regarding online banking. We found in terms of surveying business customers particularly that they are, are not opposed. And, and actually they get the fact that having a standalone PC can be a great value to them uh, because in, in effect they can control that environment to a greater degree. They you know won't get email on that particular PC. They, they won't browse the, the net on that particular PC, and so it's a much more protected environment, and I actually use a different operating system on that PC as well. So it's a great question because the customer obviously has to fulfill that set of responsibilities if the environment is really going to be protected. So we've talked about a lot here. We've talked about the sophisticated threats to financial institutions, increasing threats, cross-channel and now so much in terms of detection and prevention is in the customer's hands. What do you find to be banks' biggest challenges in improving fraud prevention in 2014? From my perspective, one of the largest challenges is 
and Jane touched on this, is the velocity of, of change in the environment, the velocity of change as it relates to the, the technologies that are being utilized by criminals, the velocity of change in, in, in terms of the customers using different types of devices that require different levels of protection on them, and, and the, the change in the velocity of the threat environment generally as we have now a wide variety of different types of characters that are trying to either compromise customer information, extract data, or disrupt services. And we've got you know, nation states as, as well as criminals that, that have been tending to do that over the course of the last year, and there's no expectation that, that that's not going to continue. And so I think it's, it's really the velocity of change in the environment generally that, that is a tremendous challenge. I may want to add to that also the balancing between risk control and customer experience. Um, there is also always a fine line. You can set very high security level and check every transaction, but delay the customer funds is not available because you are doing the fraud review. But if we lose the funds availability, the fraud is going to go up, which actually the survey collected data uh, we ask questions, you know, what banks think was the causes of uh, uh, higher losses in 2012 compared to 2011, and some of them did mention that the changing Rec CC funds availability did have an impact. Of course, the high fraud attempts was the number one reason. So I think, you know, that is a sort of business strategy issue that banks will have to address almost like a risk tolerance issue, and I, I do think there are some challenges there as well. Very good. Well, Jane and Doug, I want to thank you both for taking time to share your insights with me today. Great time. Glad to do thank it. You. The topic has been the ABA's Deposit Account Fraud Survey Report. I've been talking with Doug Johnson and Jane Yao of the American Bankers Association. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.